Welcome to episode 27 of The Tech Box. And live from Luxembourg, we have Richard Yates. Good evening uh, to you, uh, James, and to everybody. And uh, yeah, here I am in Luxembourg. It's uh, it's quite quite a nice place. Had a good walk around this afternoon. Um, it's a little bit strange to be doing a podcast from Luxembourg, but actually it just goes to show you how easy it is to, to fool anybody that anywhere you are is anywhere else. But no, I'm actually definitely here in the Grand Duchy, um, in a hotel that's, that thinks it's better than it is, but there we go. <laughs> a lot of hotels do that, don't they? Does does at least have, apparently, quite good Wi-Fi. So, um, yeah, so show on the road time. Okay, excellent. Fantastic. I, I can't think of any associations I've got with Luxembourg or what they're famous for. What happens in Luxembourg? Well, Luxembourg is a space program. Uh, they they very, very proudly were telling us about their space program and... Um, they have a big uh, med- medicines industry, uh, and they're very proud of their record on immigration. Luxembourg's population is 550,000. Uh, it increases by about uh, 13,000 every year, uh, and half of the people who live in Luxembourg weren't born in Luxembourg, which goes to show you, you can actually end up with a, a fairly um, a big inbound population, I guess. Um Everybody, but everybody here seems to speak about 12 languages. It's, it's really quite, quite humiliating in one sense. Sounds quite interesting. Yeah, it, 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 um, it, it does have a sort of slight sort of quaint feel to it, but, um, that's in the historic sense. If you go out of town to where all the things like the European court are and whatever, it's a, a very modern, um, you know, glass and steel buildings area where, yeah, there's obviously quite a lot goes on there. So, hmm. okay. Moving on to tech. Yeah, it's not really tech, is it? Yeah. So, I mean, hot, literally hot off the heels of the iPhone launches, uh, conscious that we're, you know, a few weeks after that, but we've had time to consider and chew over uh, the new iPhones and the new Apple Watches. I will say what I did, but we'll come to, actually, I might as well say what I did first, because I didn't do anything. Um, I, <laughs> Won't take long, will it? No, no I thought... Uh, I thought I might get an Apple Watch 4 just because I smashed my um, Series 1 uh, on the last podcast, actually. Uh, it dropped on the floor. You, and then you I smashed thought, it on the podcast? Well, not live on the podcast, but it, I think it <laughs> happened a couple of days beforehand. And I thought, well, this is a good excuse to get the Apple Watch 4. And, it, you know, it was super yeah. fast, bigger screen. I thought, yeah, okay, why not? Why don't we do this? Uh, but the opportunity to buy a cheap Series 1 came up again. And uh, when I say uh, cheap, you know, sort of 100, I think that's 110, 120 quid. And I just thought, well, that's really the sensible thing to do. You know, spending hundred, hundreds and hundreds on one of these watches that you use briefly as a notification device but uh, and a health tracker, but not for mu- much else. To spend huge amounts of money on it when they're so easy to smash um, well, seems... Yeah seems a little bit of a waste so i thought no get the cheap one and it's fine i don't regret doing that at all so uh that's me i don't have anything new how about you well I, i'm laughing because literally while we're talking about this google photos has thrown up thrown up a did you mean to delete this item and it's a message from one james honeyball i want the new iwatch when announced and that won't be cheap <laughs> isn't, isn't that, that was quite, my attitude yeah i want that it quite yeah. incre- isn't that quite incredible 
Ooh, How come you're screenshotting my uh, messages? Well, I think I think what happened was I inadvertently screen, screenshotted it and deleted it, and now it's saying, are you sure you wanted to do uh, this? Well, you should keep it for posterity. Well, I, I, it seems I have. I, I deleted it some, some days ago, so once it's suddenly reappeared, I don't know. Um, however, that, that takes me a bit by surprise. Yeah, uh, uh, Apple Watch, well, Apple Watch is causing me a lot of grief because I, I have a um, uh, Series 3 watch, and it very happily was connected to 4G, uh, and then uh, when, when iOS 12 came out, um, I changed the device uh, and the watch paired very happily with the phone. But it now tells me that my uh, contract isn't eligible to have a watch activated on it. Uh, then, it then, then when it gets past that, it, it says there already is one on it, but it isn't working. Uh, and uh, EE have now uh, given me two separate case numbers. Uh, and we've wiped the watch about 10 times and repaired it about 10 times. And they texted me today to say, we're sure we've resolved your issue. Can you please check? Well, the answer is no, I can't, because I'm not in the UK and the 4G functionality doesn't work uh, on a, a roaming basis. Mm. So I'm hoping that when I get home tomorrow, uh, that in fact I will have a, a working 4G connection. But of course, the thing that then happens is if I were to say I'll change the watch, I'll just have to go through the whole palaver again. So... Um, I think for the time being, best left well alone. Um, this is a warning warning sign for eSIMs, isn't it? Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if you've got a physical SIM, you open up the tray, you put new SIM in, you close it, it works. Yeah. And it's the same argument as the headphone ports. Soon enough, everyone will say, oh, physical SIM trays are a thing of the past. You don't need them. Move on. eSIMs are much better. They've got all these advantages. And we'll be left with these kind of problems all so, the time. I, I completely agree. I, I, I mean, I've got another device with an, with an eSIM, the, uh, the Gemini, and of course it's completely useless in there as well. But I just don't like the idea, because you, 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 it's all very well saying, oh, you can switch from one network to another, but you're not telling me they aren't going to put some sort of network lock onto mm. it. And before you know where you are, you'll be able to ring up to say, I want to move my eSIM from yeah. one device to another. Thank yeah, you. No, yeah. I'd, I'd like to decide which of my devices has got Absolutely. which SIM in. You know? Absolutely. And, and, and so, yeah, I have a lot of, well, a great deal of cynicism about whether eSIMs are going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, yeah, if they're done properly... I could see that they maybe be all right. But you also have the other problem, don't you? You've know, you you've moved your number onto the eSIM, and then you think, right, okay, I now need to move to a different phone. How do you get your eSIM number onto a physical SIM card yeah, and put it in yeah. something else? There, there are things that just haven't really sort of, or maybe they have been thought through, and maybe then that's, that's something the networks want to do, is to completely lock you into a particular device. But uh, as somebody who likes playing with these things, I, I just don't like the idea at all. No, uh, this it, is it, this is our rant for twelve months' time. So I guess we should uh, yeah keep it locked up and charged, and we can wheel it out when they start removing the physical uh, SIM card slot, which uh, unfortunately is fairly inevitable. I think you're right. You know, I mean, I mean, what, they, what everybody says about removing the headphone jack and whatever, they are little by little making these boxes completely sealed, aren't they? Mm. You know? Yeah, if you if you if you think of uh, Qi charging, you don't actually have to have a charging socket. You haven't got a headphone socket. You could remove on an iPhone the Lightning connector and say no, you've got to use uh, wireless and, uh, all the time, uh, both for listening and for charging. Uh, if you insist on having eSIMs, you can seal that up as well. And hey, presto, there is yeah. apart from the microphones, and I suppose really no way for for anything to get inside the phone that that. They don't want there. No. Yeah, so you can see why it's appealing to the manufacturers. It's just not. Um, 
appealing to the consumer who wants the freedom and flexibility to do what they want with their devices. No, I mean, I mean, you know, when I came over here, I, I you know, in in the airport, so I had to change uh, planes, and so I was, I was sitting listening to music on my uh, AirPods. But on the plane, I used a wide wide connector, not because I think that anybody would have a great deal of problem with me using Bluetooth headphones on a plane these days, but because the thought, if I did drop this, <laughs> you know, rummaging around underneath an aircraft seat, there's not actually an awful lot of room, is there? I just thought it's just too much like hard work, but you could see that it would be uh, made impossible in the not-too-distant future, but simply by the fact that the, the phone has got nothing to plug anything into. Yeah. But, okay, so it was a no on the watch, so let's get onto the phone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I, I fell foul of the crack cocaine syndrome, didn't I? You got a taste. Well, sort of, but also, well, we'll come to how how, how, it, how it happened that I actually got one. But, I mean, when we all all met up and, and had a drink for Nick, it must be a fortnight ago now, I guess. Yeah. Um, a couple of them had, had turned up with, with the latest uh, 10S Max, didn't they? Which, given that it had been out for 24 hours, was yeah, yeah, it was very impressive. Expected. Well, well, it was, but it was also quite impressive because you know I hadn't got one, and and to be honest, uh, I hadn't really thought of, of very much of getting one. Um, but I blame our, our good friend Mark Peters, who was busy showing us just how good it was in low light compared with the the iPhone ten, and it's kind of inevitable, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I actually the, the idea of, of a, a camera that works in low light quite well is one that. It's quite appealing. I don't, don't know mm. that I actually take that many low-light photographs, but it was pretty obvious. I mean, you saw it as well, didn't you, that the, yeah. camera, the camera is better in low-light than the iPhone ten. Yeah, and uh, I'll, just, I'll just say, uh, as a quick uh, side note, I was looking, you know, we use Slack as our messenger at work, which is quite popular amongst yeah. companies these days, and someone had put some pictures up about a bowling trip. Uh, and I looked at the pictures and they were very clear. They looked like they'd been taken perhaps with a, a compact camera, but you'd see the people, there's lots of faces in these pictures, and some of the pictures, some of the faces were moving and were slightly blurred, but some of the faces were pin sharp. And I thought, well, that's almost as if it's intelligently decided to compromise a couple of faces in order to get pin sharp other faces and things. And I thought, that's quite, seems quite an advanced technique that's being used mm. there. And I just suspected, oh, that must be the new iPhone. So I asked the person who took it and it was yep that's a iphone 10s max and yep. i thought yeah something in something told me that it was going to be the new iphone because the processing looked slightly interesting it, it, it's got to be said i mean I, i'm while we're talking i'm just looking at some of the pictures i took today because i went for a, a walk around the town which is it's quite a photogenic little place actually um yeah it, it seems to it, it, the, the thing I would say say about it is there isn't really a, a bad picture here. There's there's bad framing or there's poor choice of subject, but the actual photographs it seems to have have got it right. Pretty, I mean, I'd say every time to be honest. Yeah, it's, mm. it's it's actually very clever the way it's done it. Now, as you say, I mean, I've got one here with some trees in the distance. If you really zoom in on them. You, you do start to see see where the compromises have been, but you're never going to really do this. There's no there's no reason to do it. You know, it, it, it's it's just not something anybody would ordinarily want to do anyway. I don't think. And the the detail that it is capturing is is definitely a step up over the ten. I, I don't actually have any real doubt about that. If that, they'd, if they'd have made more of a play about the camera during the keynote, hmm. I may have one in front of me now. But to me. It seemed like they were downplaying it, they given were, how they? much they'd played up on other years. 
It, I, I was really surprised, to be honest, uh, having listened to that. I thought, well, it doesn't sound like there's much in advance there. I'm not going to bother. Um, yeah. And and it was only when I saw uh, the pictures Mark was getting and, and Leon as well that I thought, yeah, you know, that really is actually better than mine. I mean, we were doing them side by side, weren't we? The ten, the ten X and the um, and the and the ten. Um, and I thought, yeah, it really is better. And then this is where the the crack cocaine comes in. Actually, just while we're talking, I'm looking at some pictures I took in the museum today of a Roman mosaic, and the the detail is incredible. It really is quite amazing. You can see the individual. Uh, tiles and whatever, really clearly. Um, no, and where the crack of cane comes in is that I bought the the ten on the Apple upgrade plan, uh, and and you, know, you and I had a little bit of a debate about whether this is such a good thing. But the way I looked at it was this: I was paying fifty six pounds forty five a month for the iPhone ten, um, that included Apple Care, uh, and when I upgraded this, in fact, I'd, I'd paid. Uh, but by the time I did it, I paid 11 payments. So I had to pay one more because you have to pay 12 months before you can actually, or, or before they just roll the deal over. So I, I actually had to pay an extra one month. So that was 56.45. Um, and and basically that was the cost of walking out the, st- the store with a new new iPhone 10, you know, 10s rather. Um, I tell a lie actually. I think you pay. I think you pay 65 pounds or something up front. And and the difference between the um, the 10s and uh, the uh, 10s uh, max was five quid, something like that. So really, the decision was: uh, I can keep the 10 and carry on paying the same amount. I could swap it for a 10s and pay exactly the same amount, or for an extra fiver a month, I could get the larger one. Well, funny thing is, actually, I've got quite used to the lo- the larger one again. Obviously, it's about the same sort of size as an eight was. Um, but also, I had got quite used to the size of the ten, and, and and there is a bit of me thinks, well, if it were if it was so easy, I'd just swap them over, and, you know, go and have a have a ten uh, S. But but this is where that 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 scheme is so clever because effectively you say, here's here's my old phone back, and you just carry on paying the same thing. It's it's like an equipment lease, um, and it 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 really is very very simple you know you 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 walk in with one phone walk out with another and there's actually a very small outlay other than the ongoing outlay of course um which you know you've got to, you've got to say i'm prepared to swallow that but i mean i i've paid for that 10 uh, before i handed it back uh 564 pounds and then an extra one payment so i suppose about 620 pounds um and that's the cost for a year. Well, if I'd bought the thing outright and then sold it, I think people are losing six hundred pounds in a year. You know, I mean, I I, I subsequently bought um, a two hundred fifty six gigabyte ten for my wife, which uh, included uh, Apple Care until November next year for six hundred and sixty pounds. And that was a phone that I think was selling for fourteen hundred quid, wasn't it, with Apple Care, something like that? Would it be? It yeah, was, yeah. You know? So, so I mean. That the, the the poor guy who who sold that yeah basically lost probably even more than uh, six hundred pounds. Now uh, I don't don't say that um, you know I mean that that was that was a, a a choice for them in the sense of wanting to sell it, but it, it certainly makes me wonder whether that was actually such a bad plan because the thing about if when you sign up to the upgrade plan, effectively you walk in and I think I think you pay I think it's sixty nine pounds comes to mind, but it's that sort of amount anyway, and you walk out with a new iPhone. It it's it's so simple and it's it's so um, so relatively painless that it's 
I mean, I, you know, it, having decided, yes, I did want one, my main, main problem was finding somewhere in stock, which didn't take more than a couple of days, um, because the difference in outlay was, was minimal. I so, think the I think the amounts of money we're talking here are still huge. So oh, I think overall, we're looking yeah. at we're looking at fifty percent depreciation over the year, and we're talking about well, I think it's a bit of a wash really that Apple will give you that fifty percent based on extending your um, what do they call it Apple Care Plus or do they call it uh, uh, home rental or something this. Um, repayment scheme that they've got um it's essentially saying that your phone is going to lose half of its value in a year um and when you're buying the phone for a thousand pounds or eleven hundred pounds that's a considerable amount of money to lose in a year i mean what we said what do we think that the iphone x original is going to be worth at the end or this time next year well i mean there are two sort of interesting points there aren't there i mean yeah you're your analysis is probably right. I mean, you either lose it by saying I'm making these payments and then I'm giving you the phone back, um, or you buy the thing and lose that amount when you come to sell it. Uh, so I think from that point of view, if you if you say to yourself, uh, you know, I'm, I'm almost certain to have the new iPhone anyway, uh, really there's very little reason to actually buy it outright, I think. Now, in terms of what do we think the 10 will be worth in another year or two's time, my guess is probably... I mean, I mean, given that the two five six is now going for under seven hundred pounds with Apple Care. I mean, I know I saw on the other day a, a sixty four being sold for um, five hundred pounds. You'd have to guess that another year down the line, you're going to be looking three hundred pounds, three fifty top, something like that. Mm. Which it's is got a, to be, it's got to go for. I think it's got to go for a bit more than that. But I think I was, I'm not sure what we were predicting this time last year about what the X's would be going for now, and I think they're perhaps. A little bit less, but then you're buying a second-hand phone for six, seven hundred quid, and that is—I think we think we did mention this last year—that that is a huge yeah. amount to pay on the, the, phone. the risk of a second-hand phone. Because buying any second-hand phone, pretty much no matter where you're getting it from, is a risk because you either buy it and you know it's not in the condition that you thought it was, or you buy it and it gets blocked because it was nicked, or you buy it and you know, some problem manifests itself with it. It's just, it's really um, a, a dodgy thing to do when you're handing over six, seven hundred quid. On, on the whole, I'd agree with you. Uh, this particular one that I bought for my uh, wife, I bought it from somebody I've bought something from before. Uh, I know it was an outright purchase, not a, a contract purchase. And and it's got Apple Care until November next year, so I think. Okay, actually, I mean, I was talking generally, but yeah, you've 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 done the best work that you can that, to minimize the, bit, yeah, the, that, uh, the minimize the, the risk. But there's no way I'd go buying one from somebody that I didn't know and spending that sort of money because it's just crazy. You know, I'd, mm. I'd, I'd, well, for that matter, spending that sort of money, there's almost a case of saying wait another month and get a a ten R. Um, but I think probably the ten will suit suit her better than the ten R. I could be wrong. Well, there's no, you know. there's, there's no getting away from the fact that even now the 10 is still a fantastic phone, it's and a the 10s phone. is a fantastic phone. It, it's got to be said that when I handed back the 10, I actually felt quite sad, and it's the first time in a long time I've had a phone go where I've thought, mm, you know, am mm. I doing the right thing? But, but then I do think the camera is better on this. Um, I think maybe the trade-off of the bigger size is that the bigger battery is consumed by the bigger screen. Um, I love the gold color. 
And then that's just my formula. And that, of course, is one of the joys of the upgrade scheme. If you're going to be handing the phone back anyway, it doesn't really matter what colour you have. You might as well have whatever colour you like. Uh, and the other thing is, it doesn't really matter what... I guess it doesn't really matter what the condition is. Does it or does it? Um, it basically, it has to be in decent condition. I mean, the way I... What if got, the front and back are smashed? Um, well, then, well then, <laughs> there's actually a solution to that. Oh, because um, it's um, covered by the Apple Pay, I guess. It, it, it's uh, Apple Care. Apple Care. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The answer is you go in and you do a claim under Apple Care, and then you say, now I want to trade it in, uh, because you're entitled effectively to uh, two free replacements on Apple Care. Well, uh, there might be a, there might be, I think there's a minimum charge actually, but it's not very much. And I wonder, does that get reset if you get the new phone? Yes, yes, it, does. it, does. it, it definitely okay. does because you you take out a new contract. So this is interesting. So you could, in theory, have some confidence to use it without a case if you oh, wanted yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I do mean, you, or, no, or do you not? No. no, no, I don't for two reasons. One is because, uh, although if if this were my car, the odd the odd very small dent and scratch wouldn't bother me at all on the car. But for whatever reason, it really does with phones. So it's yeah. uh, it's an all round wrap round case. I won't even use the Apple cases because they're open at the bottom, um, and it's got a, a glass screen protector that Apple put on before I left the store. And yes, Apple do badly overcharge, but on the other hand, they put the screen protector on so well that, that you know, apart from it being absolutely perfectly in the right place, it. it, it is a good quality screen protector, um, but yeah, the answer is you can you can basically have the phone replaced twice. There is some minimum charge, but it's not you know it's not very much. How much uh, is the um, getting that good glass screen protector fitted? Uh, I think it was twenty seven fifty or something like that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely over the top. It's not criminal though, is it? No, it's not outrageous. Um, you, you could definitely the other thing. The other thing, and it's only a very small point, is when you take the phone back to trade it in. Uh, they just want the phone. They don't want the box. They don't want the accessories. So you walk away with a, a spare lightning cable, spare power plug, uh, spare headset. Um, you know, a useful uh, lightning to headphone adapter. Uh, yeah, that you don't now get on the new one, of course, as well. Uh, mm. So, so actually, that was that was only a very little thing, but quite yeah, that's that's quite good. It's it does at least mean I've got a spare a spare charger. I mean, I've probably got several spare chargers, but you can never have too many of them, I don't think. So they do make the whole thing very easy. Um, but in terms of the Apple Care, it definitely is a new contract because you, I mean, for a start, you get a new credit check, uh, but you get new paperwork, and it all basically resets everything to zero. Uh, okay, I mean, well, that's, that's good. I mean, effectively, they they pay off the amount outstanding on the uh, on the original financing because the, the the legal form of it is is a, is an interest free loan over twenty months. So that's your other option with this thing. You just carry yes, paying after twenty that's months. That's how I anyway. thought that I would always treat it if I did get it. And yeah. um, I have to say, yeah, I'm you know I think I am starting to get a little bit more tempted. So carry on with your review, if you like. The, thing that, the interesting thing for me is I, because I've got the X, I think the X is absolutely perfect size. But I think that if I'm going to spend, because even if I sell the X for a good price and, and get a new one, you're still looking at a heavy reinvestment. And I'm thinking, well, do I get the max? Because it's a change, you know, so you're not just getting something which yeah. you might look at and say, mm, this is pretty much what I had in my pocket you know, yesterday, yes, it takes slightly better photos, but really I've just paid 500 quid to, uh, well, you know, upgrade yeah. the camera slightly. So that's, that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> how's the maxness? You know, how is it too big? Do you find, because yeah. I just imagine in my head that just looking at photos that I've taken, 
both on the phone and historically on that big screen will be a bit of a joy. I don't watch a lot of video content on my phone, as I think we've discussed before, but yeah. I just think looking at, at both photos that I've taken and also just browsing various you know, websites and using apps will be a lot a lot more enjoyable because of that bigger screen. Well, the, the answer to your question is um, that, that's basically the same logic that I went through uh, in as much as I thought, well, if I'm renewing this, why don't I try the, the bigger one? Because I was used to like the, the bigger iPhones. I had the was it the 6s wasn't it and the um and the, the 7 plus and 8 plus and whatever um do i think i made the right choice uh, i've wondered several times about whether i should have should have got the the 10s um having now been using the max a bit more uh, i've kind of got used to the size again it's nice um the screen is a is a joy there's no two ways about it it's a beautiful screen and and it is very good for looking at the pictures you've taken or whatever if you were into um video and, and YouTube and whatever, I'm pretty confident that it would be a, a very comfortable thing to uh, to watch on. Um, but from my point of view, do I think I needed to have done this? Uh, I, I did it on, on a very similar basis to the one you just said, uh, you know, that, that um, really I'm, I'm, I'm now starting again, let's try the big one, it's a bit different. But there's a bit of me thinks, well, maybe I'd have just gone for the 10S actually. Um, because I, 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 when I, when I first got that, my thought was, oh, this is a bit small. I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. Uh, but in fact, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, d- I don't, I don't think. I never thought it was small because I always thought, well, the iPhone SE is the perfect size, and I only get bigger phones because a, nobody makes phones apart from the iPhone SE that size, and secondly, I, I do want a screen, so I'll start compromising on the size of the device until we reach a happy medium where, you know, I get more of a screen and it's not crazily big. But I would still say, you know, I ideally would want a phone in my hand that was, you know, SE-sized. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of got the 10 and I thought, oh, great, I've got a nice big screen compared to... uh you know, the previous generation, which was, you know, had big bezels at the top and the bottom. It's almost a plus size phone, plus size screen in a non plus size phone that that really sold it to me. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it, yeah, I've I, 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 been lying if I said it hasn't occurred to me that maybe I should have got a 10s. Um, having been using it today as a camera, it's it's, you know, it, it's a perfectly okay size to use it as a camera. Um, the screen is a nice screen. There's no two ways about it. It's costing me five quid a month for another probably 12 months, isn't it? So uh, the difference in cost is actually minimal. Um, what about battery life? Because well, I'm really <laughs> happy with the 10 battery life. Really happy. I think it's absolutely fine. It's not Titanic, but it it definitely gets me through a day. And there's rumours that the 10s is a little bit less, which is annoying. Um, but you would probably make that back and a bit more by going for the 10s Max. Yeah, I, I, the battery life has been fine. Today, I, uh, I've carried out a, a sort of controlled experiment, really. So today, I've used the uh, the, the, the 10s Max as a, a camera all day. Well, not all day, because I was in lectures until 2 o'clock, but all afternoon. Uh, and at the same time, I was streaming Spotify and a bit of Google Maps and a couple of phone calls, and it has to be said, the battery did get quite hammered. Um, it, it, I, you know, it, I came back in, and it was down to twenty something percent at seven o'clock. Um, 
which is after a pretty intensive day of using it. Actually. And have you? So, the the key thing is, have you plugged the power back in, or are you? Is it still <laughs> alive? No, I've plugged the power back in. Ah. Uh, indeed, it's now it's now one hundred percent. It charges really nicely, quickly on the standard charger. I'll give Apple credit for that. It, it charges considerably faster than anything else I've got with me. Um, but I do feel using it intensively all day. It it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like to have been out with it this evening taking photos if we, you know, if I've been going out for a meal or something or wandering yeah, around somewhere. Yeah, you wouldn't have bit. wanted to go straight back out without charging. And, no, and I'd have thought I'd rely have thought, on that twenty percent. No, I'd, yeah, the rate it was going, I think I would have been pretty confident it would have gone flat. Okay, but I guess there's a little bit of new toy syndrome there where you're yeah. overusing it because it's new and shiny and absolutely maybe you wouldn't use it as much as you did today if it was. Uh, six months old. Um, I suppose. Um, I don't know. Would I? Uh, it, it's not often that I, I spend the day both uh, taking photographs and streaming music, because generally speaking, I don't tend to be places on my own. Um, normally, my my days photographing things tend to be when I'm on holiday with my wife, uh, and you know, or out for the day. Well, I don't go around streaming music while I'm while I'm actually out trying to enjoy a holiday uh, so it only gets the, the camera side done or else I'm out walking and it's only got the streaming music side because uh, you know on that occasion I am on my own so I think it, it certainly has been put under pretty heavy stress today uh, and it, it didn't kill it but I could see that it might have done before Terry much longer okay so what we're saying is that even on the max, you're not seeing fantastic battery life. The 10 might have got more down to sort of 10% when it got back to your hotel room. So maybe relying on the max to give you, you know, cure all battery life isn't the reason. So hmm, what about if uh, my classic quandary, someone comes up to you and nicks it off you or you get burgled and it gets nicked and you have to get a replacement what do you go for the 10s or the 10s max <laughs> well um yeah, that's an interesting question i i'm not sure on the upgrade scheme i'd have a choice because i think on the upgrade scheme i'd get a like for light replacement um but if it were one i'd bought myself would i get another one do you know i don't know is a short answer there's a bit of me with possibly think of going back to a a tennis size um, i'm not I, having said that i'm not sure the uk uh, scheme covers theft or lost does it uh, probably not i don't i don't know i haven't really looked at it i mean so yeah i mean that that might be a that might be a, a, something to factor into it um it, it there is a bit of me that would go go back to a slightly smaller one um but on the other hand there's also a bit of me that thinks yeah that screen is just lovely uh i haven't yet tried this but i'm pretty sure if i stick it in a a bluetooth keyboard it probably would let me do things like word or whatever quite acceptably uh, in which case the big screen is definitely worth it to me mm. um i don't know okay. I, prob- I probably would stick with it but more from a i haven't really tried this properly yet and let's carry on yeah okay so yeah it's definitely the improved camera that tempts me to upgrade although the more i speak about it the more i'm just thinking spending several hundred quid for a camera bump in performance is probably not wise and i don't think i want to go back to the plus size phone because whenever i had the plus size phone i had it because the smaller ones wouldn't get me through a really heavy day battery wise and so i wanted the plus ones to give me the extra battery so yeah i think that's a bit of a watch this space i think i'll hold out another few weeks and see what other devices 
come out the woodwork before making any uh, rash decisions. Okay, I'm now going to do a drop-in from one of our founding members, Mayori, and her thoughts on the Nokia 7 Plus. Hi, this is Mayuri from Mumbai. I've had the Nokia 7 Plus since July, and while it's quite a decent phone and um, at a really good price, I think I'll be shifting to a new phone as soon as possible. I'm waiting for the Pixel to launch, the Pixel 3. Then it's either going to be that or the Pixel 2 at a lesser, at a lower rate. While the battery life of the Nokia 7 Plus is great, I find its camera quite average, and I've realized I don't, I can't do with an average camera. It doesn't need to be the best, but it definitely needs to be above average. I also got this phone to try an LCD screen for once. And again, I feel an LCD screen is just not for me. So I'll be quite happy to shift back to an LED screen. Also, this phone doesn't really keep up if you want to do something heavy, like um, I don't even consider it heavy use anymore. While using navigation, I tried to take some photos and uh, the camera ended up not saving four shots which is just weird. It has never happened to me before. Earlier, I had the Nexus 6P, which I used almost exclusively for uh, over two years. And um, I've no, I never really had a problem with that phone. So I would be looking at something which, which comes close to that consistent performance. I don't need a phone to be really fast or anything, but it needs to be consistent. It needs to not stutter like uh, the screen of the 7 plus um, it stutters at times you press the home button and for a split second nothing happens so there are these little little niggles with this phone which which make me want to give it up it will be a really good backup phone that's for sure i think my second sim is going to stay in it but i'm really looking forward to moving on to a pixel and um, I have a feeling that the Pixel 3 is going to be out of my reach. I hope I can get it, but uh, it's definitely going to be the Pixel 2 for me. Well, that's it from here. Thank you for listening. Thanks for that, Mayori. I really hope they price the Pixel 3 sensibly in India so that becomes an option. And whichever way you go, hopefully we'll get our timetables aligned and you can come onto the podcast proper and tell us all about it. Okay. Back to my chat with Richard and another one of his new phones. What's this one? This this one is a Galaxy Note 9. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just sitting here watching it. I'm quite mesmerised because when it's on charge, it has a sort of Aurora pulse effect. So you get sort of like bands of colours go across the screen. So it sort of starts with sort of aquamarine in one corner and it rolls across the screen in a wave and and ends up purple as it goes off the uh, the other side. It's really quite... Okay, uh, is that like a screensaver? Sort of. It's really, it's really quite nice, actually. Quite quite soporific. Yeah, okay. If I fall asleep, it's because I'm watching the Note 9 okay. charge. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, so I've been comparing the two directly. Uh, yesterday, when the session's finished, I went for a walk uh, and took a load of pictures with the Note 9. And, fortunately, the weather was very similar on both days. Uh, it been two really nice days in Luxembourg, actually. Uh, and... Um, what can I say about it? Well, walking around with the Note 9, taking lots of pictures, streaming audio and a couple of phone calls and a bit of Google Maps, uh, didn't hammer the battery anything like as much as the iPhone today. Um, and their SIMs are on the same network. Uh, on the other hand, um, it takes a hugely longer time to charge. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the iPhone, I popped in and 
put it on charge and stuck a quick 15-20% extra on it. I think the uh, the Galaxy got about an extra 5% on it. Now, in fairness, I'm just, that's just with a generic charger. It's not, not with the, the type approved charger and whatever. And, and that would probably have been faster. Um, but it's a big battery on here. It does take, take in quite a lot of power. Um, so it's a 4,000 milliamp hour battery, isn't it? Yeah, so it's going to take a while to charge, isn't it? And, you know, if we think of the... I think back fondly at the Lenovo P2, and yeah. that had a five thousand one hundred milliamp hour battery, a big didn't battery, it? Battery, wasn't it? Yeah, which was a nice beastly thing. So I guess it's going to last a fairly long time, but it's not going to be indestructible. Yeah, it, it lasts really very well. I mean, it, it took an awful lot of um, pictures yesterday, probably more than I took on the iPhone today. Actually, because there's only so many times you wouldn't take the same picture. Um, and I did go to some different locations too, but uh, it, it's very interesting because it, it's um, it, it clearly is a flagship device in the same way as the as the XS Max is. But it's interesting for the different decisions that Samsung have made that, that Apple haven't. So you know, it still has the audio jack. Uh, obviously, there's the S Pen, which I I fondly thought I'd, w- I'd watch a few videos on YouTube while I was here, but uh, <laughs> no, and until till this afternoon, it's been pretty full on really, so I'm not a chance to do that. Um, very fractionally bigger than the uh, 10s Max. It must be perhaps three uh, three inches, no, three three millimeters uh, taller and perhaps just fractionally thicker than the um, okay okay the iPhone. So it's a big beast. You know, you're holding it when you've got it in your hand. There's no two ways about it. But it it is put together in a beautiful fashion. Uh, I have not had the battery problems that that seem to occur on the uh, S9. Uh, the camera again seems to be a step up from the S9, so you'd think that those improvements will work their way through sooner rather than later. The uh, September update came out in the last 24 hours or so, and uh, I think Steve was saying on Twitter that there's no camera improvement in that, so they seem to still be holding that back from the S9. Yeah, um, this seems to be the MO, doesn't it, of these device yeah. manufacturers? They'll get a sort of configuration for the cameras that they like and then they'll keep it for the lifetime of that camera yeah of that of that of that, that device, device. And yeah. we've certainly seen that on the g7 and the v30 luckily the profile of the photos that are taken on the g7 are very different to the photos that are taken on the v30 and through the last round of firmwares they've stayed the same which is good for the v30 and perhaps a bit frustrating on the g7 but that says to me that maybe some of the tuning that's been done on the note 9 will stay on the note 9 and won't necessarily make its way down to the s9 i i think that's quite possible yeah yeah i do think that's quite possible i mean you know, the, the the reference to the the g7 and the v30 is an interesting one isn't it because i think uh, i i think for myself on the whole i still prefer the processing on the v30 uh, yeah uh, but I can see as well that the G7 does things sometimes in a in a different way and produces a better result. So it, yeah. it probably is a bit of a case of they had to come up with a, a an algorithm and and the one was better in some circumstances and the other was better yeah. in others and and, yeah. uh, and they went with them in different ones in different models. Yeah, and I you know I'm softening a little bit on the on the G7 uh, you know, and some of the photos that I've got out of it aren't too bad. So yeah. Maybe uh, it's not quite as disastrous as we were originally it's a bit making damned with, damned with faint praise, though, isn't it? Maybe some of the photos aren't so disastrous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to the Note 9. 
Yeah, back to the Note 9. Um, what can I say about the Note 9 that you don't already know? Um, How about What about the pen? So I, whenever I've had the notes, I've never used the pen apart from to play Draw Something, the game. So do, have you used the pen? Mm, very little. Um, I, I do want to have, try and have a play with this pen because this, this pen is actually a, a, a living device, isn't it? It actually has a Bluetooth and whatever. Um, but the truth of the matter is I just haven't had time since I got it. It arrived... Uh, was it end of last week, I think? Um, so since then, I since I've been well, I've been, been here in Luxembourg for a few days at work. I had a whole lot of work to do before I went away. Uh, really, this is the first time I've actually had any great amount of time with it. Um, and yeah, I, I, I have been very impressed. I mean, this has face unlock. I don't think I would want to rely on it to make payments, um, but it, it's actually quite snappy. Uh, so you could see that it's maybe getting there. Uh, as you say, it has no notch. Um, it has a small bezel at the top and a fairly small one at the bottom. But yeah, I mean, it, it is a proper bezel at the bottom. You, know, you do do see it when uh, uh, when you've got the menus up and whatever. But it it hides it pretty well, so that most of the time it's just I'm trying to guess. It's probably three four millimeters top and bottom. Uh, so it's using the huge huge majority of that big screen properly and fully and uh how it produces a pleasing effect it's a very nice screen very nice screen it's i think that the screen would always be the thing that would be the most impressive thing for me on the note 9 and it's good you can talk about it till the cows come home and i'm never going to be tempted to buy it because i think it's a huge amount of money for an an android albeit you know yeah. one of if not the best one um and the whilst you know, I'm perfectly happy with the software experience on the LGs. I think the Samsung's is one notch over my limit, and there's just way too much crud to deal with on the Samsung's mm. that it completely puts me off. I would never spend that much money on something that was so um, weighed down with cruft. Okay, it's that bad. Actually, you're being a bit harsh there. Um, Am I? Yeah. I mean, it, yes, I think you probably are being a bit harsh. It's, it's definitely definitely a lot better than the old TouchWiz days, that's for sure. Um, there's not very... Let's have a look and see, see what's actually been auto-installed that I didn't put in, in there in the first place. And, and yes, of course, there are some things. No two ways about it. Um, there is a folder, I think, Microsoft apps. So they, they pre-install things like PowerPoint, OneDrive, Word, Excel, LinkedIn. That's true. That that that's sort of added by default. I tell you what, the one thing that I always do on when I've got any device is, no matter how many apps have been pre-installed, I always go to the app setting in settings, and uninstall or disable absolutely everything that I know that I'm not going to need that day, and I'll only you know re-enable and install apps as I go along from that point so I always try and start from the minimum and I know that on an LG and on a Sony and on a, um, a Nokia especially a Nokia I can uninstall pretty much everything yeah start yeah. fresh and I know that I'm only putting on the applications that I really need and I remember uh, I've struggled with Samsung's to actually uninstall things that I think actually I, I don't want this and I really don't want to have to uh, try and get rid of it through nefarious means such as you know having to plug it in and uninstall it through ADB or then start rooting it and uninstalling it it's just an annoyance yeah yeah it becomes a problem doesn't it at that point I'm... although I must have told you the story about my um, tab s which I 
did do that. I uninstalled absolutely every bit of cruft on it. And miraculously, it now has the battery life of like an iPad, <laughs> an iPad. if not better. <laughs> it, it seriously is better. It goes months and months in standby, which is absolutely unheard of. Precisely because you've killed all the stuff that was wasted yeah. in the processing yeah, cycle, yeah. I suppose. I mean, I have stripped it back and told it to shut the um, Wi-Fi off when it's closed. And I think I've turned sync off as well. So fair enough. I've, I've, I've dumbed it down quite a lot. But the battery uh, idle draw on that is absolutely unbelievable. Well, it must be tiny if it's outlasting a, a, an iPad. Yeah, I mean, it certainly definitely outlasts my iPad mini, which I find um, drains somewhere in between a tablet and a phone, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame the iPad Mini's had no love for quite a long time, has it now? Was it two years now since the last one? Three years, maybe? Yeah, and it's just had a big price cut as well. If you, I don't know if you've noticed, no, it's had an iPhone it. SE style price cut, not in the Apple Store, but some of the sort of top tier resellers yeah, like um, Curry's. No, Curry's, John Lewis have all got it down to two nine nine. Really? Gosh, mm. I mean, in, in some ways, it's my favourite iPad. I, I'd have to say I, I use it quite a lot. Yeah. Um, Less, I guess, since I got the the XS Max, actually, to be fair. The frustrating thing is that the cellular one, uh-huh. uh, they haven't reduced, so that's still 550-odd. Oh, that's quite a difference, isn't it? Yeah, it was 500-odd anyway. It's um, it's certainly not attractive, whereas 299 for the 128-gigabyte uh, iPad Mini 4 is fairly attractive still, I think. Pretty good price, actually, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's a very capable device. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, that's the sort of price I've only seen in in uh, offshore re- uh, sellers until yeah, until very recently. Certainly, I yeah. Not see that anywhere else. I mean, on that score, I got my uh, Note Nine from a, an offshore seller because I I fancied two things. One was the, uh, the dual SIM, uh, and the other was not being ripped off by a certain store that we all buy stuff from from time to time because and it was a rip-off because the going rate for the, that phone uh, online is about 250 pounds cheaper uh, mm. now now i've allowed myself to, to to pay that 250 pounds because uh on their website they had a trading deal on the note 9 um but when push came to shove they wouldn't honor it so i gave them the note 9 back and having given so it what's back, that about then well they had a deal which said uh, we'll give you an extra £200 trading against uh, various phones on a Note 9, one of which was the iPhone 8 Plus, which I'd acquired, you might remember, through a series of wheelings and dealings. Hmm. Um, and uh, on the web chat, I checked that that was valid, and they said, yes, it was. I said, well, on that basis, I'll order one. And they said, well, you basically got to take the iPhone into a local store, and they'll know what to do and whatever. Uh, and basically, they argued like hell when I got there and said they wouldn't... Um, honour it and when I showed them the web chat they said well how did that, how did they know that this was genuine and I, <laughs> it all got a bit sort of um, well to be honest it got a bit acrimonious and and uh, how, how, what's their what was their reasoning if it's an offer surely it's an offer with the store because the offer um, had some small print which didn't mention the iPhone 8 plus so although I'd got it confirmed on the online chat they were going but it says you we, we can't do this Oh, okay. So they literally said, oh, no, you had to have one of the 10 yeah. example devices that we listed on the offer. Exactly. This is despite the fact that when I ordered the uh, Note 9, it came up and said, do you want to trade something in? So I said, yeah, I want to trade an iPhone 8 Plus. And it said, great, we can give you, I forget how much it was, 500 and something pounds for it. Well, yeah, I so, would think that that was the one phone on trading that they would 
pay the most for and it, it anyway, would be yeah. the one that they would be most easy to pass back on. But no, they absolutely wouldn't. And they dug their heels in. And um, I said, but look, I discussed this on web chat. How do we know that's genuine? We're not, we're not you know, we're not authorised to do it sort of thing. So ultimately, that's I said, weird, yeah. Yeah, ultimately, I said to him, well, here's the note nine. Do me a refund then. And then we're going, why, why do you want to bring it back? I'm going, well, because, you know, I only <laughs> bought it on the basis of a trading offer that you now saying you can't honour. Um, but I was a bit sad about it. And, and uh, having investigated it, I got it from... Um, Toby deals in the end, which I, I think is probably related to eGlobal. Yes, um, yeah. But, you know, can't really complain. It arrived, it was still properly sealed yeah. up. Uh, yeah, it, okay. it, I've got a long story about uh, okay. being let down by AliExpress on two counts, really? uh, trying to get a device, yeah. And I got it from Toby deals, and it was here probably less than a week. Uh, this took about 10 days, to be fair. Uh, it, did the, it did the usual thing. If you buy something from, the, from some of these places, I got a notification it was going to be delivered, like, uh, I don't know, say it was the 3rd of September, it wasn't it? it was later yeah, than that. yeah, a couple of days uh, later, yeah. Uh, but actually, the, that, that seems to be the date that it was put in the postal system in Hong Kong, because it, yes. it, the delivery didn't actually kick in until over a week later. But um, No, nah, yeah. But no, so go on, what happened to your, your AliExpress problems then? Well... So you obviously I'm a huge LG fan now, fanboy. I like to describe myself as. Yeah. So I thought, well, the G7 is great, and I did get it from eGlobal, and it is the I got this one from eGlobal because I wanted the six gigabyte RAM and 128 yeah. gig uh, storage and the dual SIM. So it's a fantastically specced device. But I thought. I, I don't love it as much as I love the V30 in terms of it just doesn't have that kind of appeal, even though it is very workmanlike and it gets the job done. Yep. Um, so I thought, well, the G6 is cheap, doesn't have a notch. It has a completely flat screen, so you'd be able to put a glass protector on there without a problem. Yeah, that's um, So I thought, well, why don't I try one of these out and maybe I'll sell the G7 and you know, pick up a G8 in the future or something like that. So I went on to AliExpress and I thought, well, I'll get the G6 Plus. And I had a look and I thought my favourite colour is the white one because in all the press renders and all the pictures, it looks like the rim, the sort of the accent colour, is like a purple silver. Yeah. And I thought, well, that white and purple silver looks absolutely gorgeous. Good you know, combination, so yeah. That. Yeah, really nice. Um, so I thought, right, I'll get a white one. And I think tracking down the white 128 gig G6 Plus is difficult. And I'm not sure how many they made, whether it was territory specific or whatever, but they're not commonly available. So I thought, okay, I'm not even sure that they did one, actually. It's it's advertised a couple of places as sold out, but I'm not convinced. I haven't seen a genuine photo. So anyway, long story short, I thought I'll get the blue one. I think the blue one is the next nicest. And I'd noticed that that wasn't on sale from any reputable, in inverted commas, seller like Toby Deals or eGlobal or anyone like that. So I went on to eBay and they were fairly expensive. So I ended up on AliExpress. Yeah. And I think that they had some ones for like 270 quid. And I thought, well, for the plus version and everything, this is low risk. So I, I bought it. And then the first seller very quickly came back to me and said, oh, we haven't got it in blue. We can send you the black and gold one um, straight away. And I thought, mm, actually, I did want the blue one. So uh, no, it's a 
they said that they had like 200 in stock. I don't know if you've ever gone onto AliExpress. They always say they got 600 units yeah. of this and 500 units of that. So that's patently rubbish. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah. 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 So I said, no, I wanted the blue one, so I'll cancel it. And I, I, and they actually, to be fair to them, the first company that I got got it through refunded me within a few days, and the whole process was relatively painless. The next one. So I, I bought it from another one. The problem was that it looked like an identical seller, same kind of pictures, same description-ish. So it was obviously some toolkit that they're using to sort of sell them with. Anyway, yeah, I, yeah. I bought it from this one and I got a dispatched. Uh, actually, it said the seller's got seven days to post it. And I thought, oh, that's a bit annoying because they're going to muck about for seven days before they post it. And they did. But on the sixth day... They posted it. I got a little note saying it's been posted. And I thought, oh, that's great. I was really starting to doubt that this was ever going to work. And so I sort of sat there and they gave me the UK DHL tracking number. Yeah, yeah. And that never tracked. It never registered. Yeah. And eventually I thought, hmm, yeah, I'm not convinced that you have posted this. And I got in contact with them and they said, oh, it's stuck in customs. Don't worry. And I thought, oh, God, this doesn't sound... A likely story. Sounds to worrying, me. doesn't it? Yeah, just sounds like that you're trying to fob me off, and in the background, you're desperately trying to source a blue G6. Yeah, you know, which is how I think a lot of these operations operate. They sort of say they've got stock, and then once they get the order, they'll go down to the wholesaler and actually pick up the phone. Yeah, I agree. So, um, it went a few more days past, and I talked to them. They said, "Oh no, we'll send you a replacement." Nothing happened there, and eventually, I said, "No, look." It came. It was coming up to the time limit, but the time limit was like another 20 days before you could open a dispute. So I kept saying to them, look, what are you doing with this? And they, they kept saying stuff like, oh, wait for my manager to approve something and I'll send you a replacement. I'll wait for my manager and I'll give you a refund. And then I just thought I was losing patience. And then I think it was about 24 hours before I could open a dispute on them not delivering it. They finally said okay yeah we haven't got any blue ones um i will refund you and of course they're still advertising themselves as having x hundred blue ones yeah, so, yes yeah. yeah so i turned to um toby deals it was that was having a five percent off thing ordered the white one it turned up and it's lovely and um i've been playing about with it now it came with the iranian firmware it was obviously right. an Iranian, Iranian device, Iranian, which yeah. I'm not sure I've had yet. Yeah, no, that's a new and um, it's not got Oreo. It's not picking up Oreo. It updates a couple of uh, new cars, but it doesn't get to Oreo. So I put the Taiwanese Oreo on there, and it goes on very nice, and it's a, a lovely device. And the only problem that I have with it is uh, the idle draw unlike the hacked up uh, samsung uh, tab s the idle draw is terrible and it will uh, drain in about 18 hours if you're not doing anything with it and i've turned it that doesn't matter if you've got the always on screen on if you've got the double touch on um i don't think i've tried turning syncing off but basically it's something a bit dodgy and i've gone through multiple resets and everything so i think it is a firmware issue so i'm still wrestling with that if i can fix that or they come up with a new firmware relatively uh promptly that fixes that then i think it's going to be a lovely device and i know everyone i never had a g6 and i know everyone had them a couple of years ago and was 
wowed by them, but it really is quite nice. Yeah, I, I can believe it. I mean, all of these LG phones are underrated, I think, um, and that's possibly partly down to LG's bad... You know, they, they, they do some, some dull things, don't they? Like, you know, we're working on the next model, so we'll just abandon the, the old model. Um, that curiosity, I'll just see what security update my V30 Plus has got. But it won't be anywhere it's, near up to date. This having said that they abandoned the models, we did get a text from Andy saying that uh, the G6 in his house, sorry, the G5 in his household has now been upgraded to Oreo. Well, yeah, that's true. So they, they go back roughly as far as Samsung, I think, yeah, I guess that must be must be probably right, mustn't it? Right, where are we gonna find that? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. My V thirty plus is on August, so that's not too bad. Okay, so so you must really have the same same firmware as mine. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's I think that's absolutely fine. I think I kind of see the attractiveness of being on the bleeding edge of the security updates if you're if you I, know, if I work, working yeah. in a security conscious area. But if you're got any worries about security you're not running an android you're running a, an iphone frankly yeah yeah or, or even dare i say a windows phone mm, uh, although you'd have to dare to do that one yeah the trouble really is they're getting limited by the lack of apps aren't they now well i think it's not just that it's security by obscurity with the windows phone isn't it and that's never the best way to go no no it might be effective but it's not the not the best uh, best plan to go with the conclude the conclusion that i go with on the g6 is um it is a very nice device the screen is brilliant the speed of the uh, 820 or 821 whatever it's got in there is not a problem um i will say that whilst it has the quad dac um the sound through the g7 and probably the v30 is is better mm-hmm. and you've you've got more uh, more controls over the sound so whilst it is probably better than a normal headphone output, it's not up to sort of V30, G7 standards. Um, but overall, yeah, really nice device. And I do miss the Qi charging as well. So hopefully I can get this power drain fixed and I can put it into some real use because um, I've been using the G7 as a real device recently. So whilst my main phone has remained the iPhone X, um, I got a bit worried that they were discontinuing the iPhone SE. So as my black iPhone SE was had been dropped and the proximity sensor had stopped working, which made it completely unsuitable to use as a work phone, yeah. the only phone where I get calls. So I thought, well, I'll sell that on because it was my own personal device and I'll get another iPhone SE. And in the course of doing that, I needed a, a work phone. So I used my G7 and I've been using it ever since. And it's been quite an interesting little experiment because you really get to know how a phone is to work once you use it as your work phone because you're using it sort of on mission critical applications you know the calendar needs to work the email client needs to work the call quality needs to be good you know it's a really good workout and the g7 has done pretty well actually it's um it's a nice it's a nice piece of kit isn't it i mean why did, yeah. why did you get the g6 what's the rationale for that just because I thought it might be a cheaper version of the G7 without the notch, um, with us with with the fact that the Google camera would work better on it, and it does. Um, so I thought, well, is actually the G6 for the cost to phone the better option? So sell the G7, keep the G6. That was my theory. No, 
it's a reasonable one, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I think Leon made a good point when we were up in Birmingham by, by making the point that you know you could actually go out and buy yourself an RX one hundred for much the same sort of price as some of these upgrades. Um, but equally, it suffers from the same problem that, that most other phones do, and I know we wouldn't use it. You know, you were saying, well, you can transfer stuff off there using Wi-Fi Direct, or, or indeed using a you know a Flash Air card or something like that. But you just don't do it. And the other thing as well is going back to the screen on the Tennis uh, Max. That you know, it, it's it's a large enough screen that it makes a really good viewfinder. Whereas you take a picture on a, a, a compact camera, be it a good one like the RX100 or some of the Panasonic TZs, at the end of the day, the screen's very small. You don't, you don't really get to see in the same detail what you're taking as you do with a well, pretty much any any decent sized smartphone these days. Yes, yeah, and I actually think that the RX100 is a touch too big. And I know that's kind of crazy because it's very small, but it is just a touch too big. It's a touch too big to put it in your pocket. So I use the Canon G9X precisely because it is just small enough to put into your pocket and take it on a night out and it not be too big. It's still awkward. It's still annoying to have it in your pocket, but it's doable. I mean, and I forced myself at a family event last weekend to take my mirrorless camera out, Mm. which, again, is a very small mirrorless camera, but it's a pain. And you have to keep an eye on it because inevitably it just gets put on a table. You can't put it in your pocket. You know, do you really want to walk around with it on a strap around your neck? So, yeah, I think the G9X is just about small enough. The RX100 is a touch too big, in my opinion. And certainly my mirrorless is fairly hefty and you can only really use it in, in my opinion, in family occasions where you trust no one's going to walk off with it because you've left it on the table for an hour. Yeah, I think you're right though, James, that the size of that sort of compact camera is just too big for a pocket, isn't it? Um, And, and, that's where a phone scores. You take the you take the phone out of your pocket. You take some photographs. You put it back in the pocket. You don't have the same issues as you have with uh, um, a, a camera that's typically got a zoom attached to it. Mm. And when I use my um, mirrorless camera, it's a Canon EOS EOS M, I use the uh, the twenty two mil prime. So it's quite small and tight up to the body, but that body itself is. Um, it's just too bulky, you know. It's, yeah, it's it's like three three phones strapped together, isn't it? On that, sort yeah. Of I mean, it's absolutely minuscule compared to a DSLR, but you know, humongous compared to a phone. Yep. And I think you know, uh, I think on the next uh, podcast we can talk about uh, the mirrorless choice because um, I did make a change there as well, which we can probably chat about next time. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to to do that one. That's um, certainly worth a worth putting on the list of things to talk about in, a, in a, another show. Yeah, because I think uh, it's all you know. We talk about camera phones all the time, and what's really fascinating is the we're now getting to the point where phones are better at some types of shot, and cameras are better at some types of shot. I don't think there's you probably have to spend a, a fortune for a camera camera that can take as good a shot going into the sun as these modern smartphones. Yeah. It's just miraculous the yeah, shots you can get now. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I was, I've put both of these to to that test in the last few days, and, and they 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 both achieve small miracles in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's quite quite noticeable how good they are compared with even two years ago, let alone five years ago, and and. Compact cameras seem to have frozen in time on that one. I don't, don't get the impression the investment is there. No, and when we talked about, um, we always moan about 
Sony not taking some of its camera expertise from its point and shoots and its mirrorless cameras into its phones. But you can ask the same question the other way as well. Why aren't these camera manufacturers taking some of the advancements that smartphones have taken on things like smart HDR and the HDRs that the pixels do and put them into their point and shoots and their compact cameras and their mirrorless cameras? The results would be presumably, you know, outstanding because you have the glass and the massive sensors. So the results should be incredible, but we don't really see that, unfortunately. Do you, do you think that's because the larger sensors would capture so much information that they couldn't actually process it fast enough? Because maybe all of these, all of these latest uh, bunch of phones rely on very, very fast processing of an enormous amount of data, don't they? And and if you if you've got a uh, you know a, a twenty megapixel, forty megapixel uh, sensor. The amount of data is presumably going up by some sort of exponential factor over yeah, a small yeah. one. I wonder if that's partly it. Uh, or- Possibly for the for the things like the twenty megapixel, uh, thirty forty megapixel cameras, that could be an excuse. But a lot of the point and shoots are probably still sixteen or so, and yeah. you could you could have it. Why not drop the megapixels like the um, phones have? You know, the phones were racing towards sixteen, eighteen megapixels, and they've all toned it down now the standard is 12 and it looks like we're going to stick on that for a bit doesn't it it, so it does yeah, yeah why not much. why not do a, a nice rx 100 with 12 megapixels that takes you know impossibly good shots i mean auto hdr and things yeah yeah oh well it's uh coming up past the hour now good grief i've I just got one little thing that i i wanted to recount uh which is uh to do with sky sims and roaming because it might be might be useful to somebody still who has occasion if you if you've got a Sky Sim uh, and Sky runs on on the O2 network, it's actually quite good. But I found a rather awkward little problem with it uh, when I, I came out here because uh, it could see lots of phone networks, but it couldn't log into any of them. And uh, I checked first of all that the Sim was enabled for roaming, and Sky's website says yes, it categorically is. Uh, and uh, I rang technical support in Edinburgh. Uh, from a different phone and went through lots of various things there um and and in the end of the day it, it actually was something surprisingly that you you wouldn't really think about um it the phone is set up for roaming the sim is set up for roaming but then on top of all that you've got a, a, a an icon which appears in your phone when uh, you've got a sky sim in there called sky menu and if you go into sky menu there's only one item it's it's a choice of home, automatic, or abroad. Uh, and you won't get any roaming unless you select abroad. And believe it or not, they ship all of the Sims with home set. So so is this like one of those Sim services yeah, apps that exactly, you go to? Yeah, exactly that. Okay. Um, so so although, although at the network end it was set up for roaming, because on the phone it's still set up to only work at home, it couldn't even log on to a local network. So, you know, you, you go somewhere, you don't get the welcome message saying it's going to cost you £42 a minute to, to make phone calls, and if you're stupid enough to use data, we'll come and burn your house down. Didn't get it. It didn't even get that message either because it couldn't. So an automatic doesn't work? Automatic might, might do, I don't know. I haven't tried that. But but certainly having it on, on, a, on the default, which was home, we wouldn't log on to anything to tell me to change. You'd never find that, would you? You'd never bother checking that. No, I mean, I've, I've subsequently looked at, at several um, phones and several sims, and, and you do often get a, an extra app that appears, like, like this is called Sky Menu. Um, it might be worth having a rummage in there if the phone isn't working when you, you go abroad or something, because it could just be that there's some silly, obvious setting in there that is actually preventing the 
the phone from connecting to the local networks when it's abroad. So there you are. Thank you, Sky. You might have put that on your help pages, and you might <laughs> you might have mentioned that in the the cardboard thingy that came with the uh, with the SIM card. But at least it's now yes, at least it's now working. Seem, so you know. it does seem like someone's good idea that ended up being fairly impractical when it came to being used. Yeah. But yeah, you've yeah. solved it, which is good news. Yeah, yeah, it is, and, and hopefully that might, might sort of save somebody a bit of aggravation. Okay. Uh, I think that brings us to the end then. Thanks a lot for the chat, Richard. Yeah, good to talk to you, James. And, uh, you know, it's a slightly unusual one to be uh, rather a long way away than usual. Yeah. But, uh, but it seems to have worked all right. So whatever I might think about the hotel in other regards, the Wi-Fi seems to be quite good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, now you've been coming through loud and clear. So best wishes in Luxembourg, and it's goodbye from Reading. <laughs> goodbye for now. Cheers, Richard. Bye. This is Radio Luxembourg AM and FM. And so we come to the end of our programs in English for this morning. We sincerely hope that you've enjoyed the music you've heard and that you'll rejoin us again this coming evening. We broadcast with an omnidirectional power of 1,300,000 watts AM on 208 meters, 1440 kilohertz in the medium wave band. Radio Luxembourg can also be heard at 49.26 meters shortwave. And our FM frequencies are 88.9, 92.5, and 97. On behalf of the staffs, both in Luxembourg and London, this is Bob Stewart.